Welcome to the Original Doll Iconography. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On the Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it. We go behind the scenes and learn all about these great songs and clear up all sorts of questions and confusion. And at the same time, we help out charity. For more information, join me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And while you're there, you can also join my Patreon community. Because of you Patreon supporters, we're able to keep this thing going, so thank you so much. And as with all things connected with the original Dial iconography, any audio recording, ripping, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it. Today we're going to be clearing up all sorts of information about Britney Spears' singles, Me Against the Music, Toxic, and Outrageous. Over the years, we've been able to talk directly to the producers, the songwriters, to Britney Spears' A&R at the time, Steve Lunt, who's our guest today. We've been able to clear up things. The most interesting thing is there have been so many fan sites and blogs that have reported information that has just been flatly incorrect. We've been able to clear it up. But we also know that there are very overzealous individuals who themselves, you can say this person was in the room with Britney Spears recording a song called Blue, And here's the video of it. And they say, no, she never recorded a song called Blue. I don't believe it. So you have those people that even with the facts, they're just not going to believe it. That's the state of the world we live in today. But we wanted to honor all of these songs and all of these producers and songwriters because creatively, they really helped Britney Spears' career keep changing, keep evolving. Britney Spears talks about how she was influenced by the songwriters, producers, and was able to work on different tones and textures in her voice. And she was able to do that. So today we're going to clear up. There were many people who said right off the bat, Outrageous was going to be the first single released because it was going to be the theme song for the Catwoman movie. There were people that said Toxic was going to be the first single. There were people that said, oh, we're going to have Me Against the Music versus Toxic. Which single was going to be? We're going to clear up all that. In addition, we're going to talk about Britney's influence and impact with the Grammys and the MTV Video Music Awards. So we're going to get right to that. But don't worry, we have more episodes coming up very soon. We're going to be talking about even more Britney Spears songs from In The Zone and talking with some of the songwriters and producers who we've mentioned in previous episodes before. So I just want to say thank you so much. Don't forget, if you enjoy honoring Britney Spears' legacy, rate us, review us on The Original Doll, Iconography, James Rodriguez, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and more. Thank you so much. Now back to the show. Now, today we are joined by one of my favorite people to talk to and one of many of your favorite people to talk to. We have Britney Spears' former A&R guy, right-hand man, arranger, producer, songwriter, his own recording artist. We have Steve Lutz. Steve, thanks for coming back. You're welcome. Today, I want to talk about, you and I talked for over a year now about the impact of In The Zone and kind of those things, and we've touched a little bit upon it. Today, I wanted to talk about the song Toxic. Why don't we rewind back? We know that In The Zone was released in November, fall, if you will, of 2003. Now, this was two years after the Britney album. Where were you? Where was Britney? Where was the label in that transition period? What were you looking for? What were you looking to do? What were you looking not to do? Where were you at? I think it's important to remember what was going on around 
that time too with Jive Records and with Britney as a person. You know, Britney was growing up. She was beginning to feel her out as an adult or semi-adult, however she old, however old she was at the time. And at the same time, Jive was changing. You know, we had Clive Calder, the the owner, chairman of the founder of Jive Records, left in I think what two thousand two. I think it was 2002. So there was a lot of uncertainty in the air, really, um, as to where we should go. And Brittany was taking a little bit of time for herself. And at the same time, Jive wasn't fully together towards, you know, the 2002 area. It was a little weird because Barry Weiss, who was the president of Jive Records, after Clive had left, he took over basically being chairman and running Jive Records. He was not an A&R person like Clive's talents were in, in. Mm -hmm. so he didn't have those same sort of talents, not the same skill set. He was a radio promotion guy, and he was really good at that. When Britney was taking time, and suddenly we realized we were also without Max Martin. Max Martin wasn't really involved in this record, and he didn't really want to be involved, if I remember correctly. It certainly wasn't us saying, you can't work on it, so it must have Mm -hmm. come from him. You know, it was a very uncertain time as to the direction that she should go in. We decided, I mean, I decided really that I just wanted to go for it. Just be, just do something different. You know, we couldn't go backwards. The road forwards was unclear as to where we should go. So I said, just going to experiment. Just going to, it's going to go in my gut instincts. And, uh, you know, if I hear a song that I like and that I think she can sing and, you know, use my, my own skill set of being able to make those judgments, you know, I'm just going to run with that. And if, uh, Brittany ends up with no career and I end up with no job, then I'll realize I didn't do it very well. I think as it turned out, it turned out well. I'm really proud of the In The Zone album because I feel that in the end, ultimately it was a huge turning point for her. You know, she hadn't really turned into a full independent woman yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that In The Zone did that for her. You know, she sort of reached maturity and she started to say, yeah, you know, I'm, I am my own person. And I think I was, you know, I'd like to think I was a, a part of helping her along that route to getting there. You have been able to kind of clear up so many things because we've talked about, you know, you were at these meetings. You were the one putting together, whether it was producer, songwriter with Britney, or this song is going to go here, the sequencing, all of those things. We know that a single at this time was always going to be released a couple months before the album was released. There were so many theories for the past several years saying, oh, Outrageous or Toxic, those were gonna be the singles and last minute it was changed to me against the music. Can you clear this up? Was with Britney Spears, the final version of Me Against the Music, which we'll talk about in a different episode, everyone, was Me Against the Music always going to be the lead single? Was there ever discussion about Outrageous being the lead single or Toxic being the lead single? Can you clear this up for us? There was never any discussion about Toxic being the lead single. Um, And I'll get into uh, a bit more of the story about that. Mm -hmm. But uh, to answer your question directly, the is me against the music against outrageous was really the, the the original, the original discussion. And, and it goes like this, me and Brittany wanted me against the music, the company, Barry Weiss in particular wanted um, outrageous. Uh, And you have to realize that, that, uh, you know, jive, had this very close relationship with uh, with R. Kelly, you know, and this is, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about anything beyond yeah. just the music here. This was earlier days in, in, in R. Kelly's career, which is all up for a legitimate discussion at some other point. But, mm-hmm. but with regards to this, you know, Barry's own taste in music, he'd grown up with, with hip hop and R and B. That was his thing. It was hip hop, R and B. And that's what he understood. And he also understood that 
that R. Kelly was a serial hit maker. Clive Calder loved, you know, R. Kelly's music and and his talent. He just loved it. So, and when... also the money that was coming in from R. Kelly being a jive artist. Oh, right, exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm not so sure that that that, that was a major point here because there was such a lot at stake with this being Britney's comeback mm-hmm. album, quote unquote. That that I think things like that, like the 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 financial money that you know that aspect was was kind of secondary i think i mean it's never totally secondary but mm-hmm. it was definitely secondary to to the best move to make barry really wanted outrageous because he just thought that r kelly you know if r kelly says it's a hit then it's a hit type of thing you know because mm-hmm. that's kind of as far as barry weiss's a and r skills went at that point in his career mm. he was a radio promotion guy and he just knew that you know, R. Kelly equaled hit records at that point. And uh, Britney didn't like the song and neither did I. So Barry thought that this would be, you know, the perfect first single. Britney didn't like it. I didn't like it. And in fact, uh, Britney, no, I went to see Britney on the, I think it was the West Coast. I can't remember if it was West Coast or Miami or something, but she was, she was doing a tour or a video or something. Barry had told me to go down and uh, and to convince Britney that Outrageous was the, the better first single than Me Against the Music. And being the company guy, you know, mm-hmm. my paychecks were being signed by the company. I said, yeah, of course I will. So I went there, went backstage with Britney and said, Britney, before I said, I'm here um, to talk about Outrageous and Me Against the Music. And before you say anything, I'm just here to say that you don't have to say anything. I'm just going to turn around mm. and go back to New York and tell them that I couldn't <laughs> talk you into it. Mm-hmm. And she said, sounds good to me. And that's, in a nutshell, that's kind of, I mean, it might have lasted a little longer than that, but not much. Mm. And that's kind of what I did. And I went back to Barry and I said, Barry, you know, I did my best. I couldn't, I couldn't get her to change her mind. It's, uh, she doesn't want to do outrageous. She wants to do me against the music. And uh, ultimately that's what we went with, largely in part, because Brittany said no. Would Britney have said no without my giving the okay to say no? That's a big question. I don't mm-hmm. know because she's uh, she's not that aggressive when it comes or confrontational mm-hmm. with a with a authority figure like like Barry or or Jive Records. She might have very well just have gone along with it, which I think would have been a massive mistake. So I'm glad we did it the way that we did. And I'm actually proud of doing that because I went. I put, actually put my own job in jeopardy by basically lying to Barry, you know, but I think, um, I think I made the right decision because although me against the music wasn't it, look, it wasn't a slam dunk hit record. It wasn't baby one more time, you know, mm-hmm. anything else. it wasn't, it, but it was a marketing record and it did get eyeballs on her and ears on her new album coming off a long layoff that I don't think she would have got with just an average record. I think she needed something in this marketing world we're, we're in. And we never really dealt with marketing, in that same way with Britney, we never put marketing ahead of the A&R. A&R, the music always came first and marketing mm-hmm. came second. This is the first time when we ever put the marketing before the music. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, this is a marketing hit. It'll get, you know, it's a duet with with Madonna. It'll get people talking. It'll, it'll get people to realize that Britney is not just back, but she's kind of taking the mantle from from Madonna, if not taking it from her, she's at least on her level. It turns it into an icon overnight. 
you know, into a, the type of icon, not just a big hit record maker, but it turns her into an icon on the level of Madonna. So that's what happened. And we got that. And then when it came to the second single, it was like Barry was saying, okay, now we do outrageous. Right. And I was saying, yeah, <laughs> not quite. You know, that's, it's not really what I'm hearing. There, I said, I love toxic. And this is a song that Barry did Barry and Clive Calder didn't want on the record. Um, the rewind the, that again so that okay, the okay, listeners okay. can hear this again. Okay. I'm sorry. When we were putting this record together, Larry Rudolph sent all the tracks to Clive Calder, who, although he was no longer in charge of Jive or anything, he was living in the Grand Cayman Islands. Um, his Larry felt quite rightly that, that, that Clive's point of view could be really helpful. So he sent him an email and sent him these, these songs and said, what do you think? And Clive, who I've hardly ever known to be wrong, was wrong on this and he said mm. and he said i feel this is the the beginning of a of a of a re-establishing britney of a reinventing britney but it's far from being finished and it's uh it's it's incomplete and he didn't want he didn't think toxic was suitable for the record those are that's that's what i got from from mm -hmm. the telephone meeting i had with then with barry and clive when clive gave his thoughts and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, this is the, Clive is the best A&R guy I've ever met in my life. And he's saying Toxic is not suitable for this record, that it's not up to scratch. And every part of my gut was saying, you're so fucking wrong. Mm -hmm. It just felt, to me, it was, it was so Britney, it was so part of the new Britney. And I just felt like then, okay, well, you know, I'm... It was a little scary. I've got to admit to be sticking my neck out, you know, because, because Barry would go kind of with what Clive wanted, you know, mm -hmm. because they had such a close relationship over the years and respect for one another. So I, I did feel like the, you know, the guy in the back of the classroom sticking his hand up and saying, oh, excuse me. You know, I did feel like that guy. And, you know, and I was in my forties, or I guess then, I don't know, fifties. I, I don't know what the fuck I was. But I was old enough to not be, I shouldn't have felt as nervous as I did, but I felt so invested in in this album with Britney, with this reinvention of Britney. And I felt so invested in the song Toxic in the record that um, that I thought, that I thought I have to, you know, speak up. And on top of that, the New York Times had done a, a uh, review uh, of the album and they said Toxic was the best, was the mm. best song on the album. Which, which really helped me, you know, really helped my case. And then on top of that, Barry played it for, which I'd already done prior to this, by the way, but he played it for like the rock department, the A&R guy in the rock department, the A&R guy in the R&B department, the A&R guy in, uh, in, you know, in the, uh, there was, a, you know, the rock, the R&B and the dance. Christian. You know, he, he played them all. And, uh, and, and they all came back and they said, this is, this is great. This is a great record. They loved it. And and we never had a Britney record that did that before. We never had a Britney song mm. or record that appealed mm -hmm. to all these different people, not just the pop people, you know, because she was a pop artist. So these other yeah. genres tend to look a little bit down on it being pure pop and, mm -hmm. you know, sugary, blah, 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 and all that, you know, <laughs> waffle. Um, so when you get the uh, the rock, you know, like the indie rock guy, he says, I love this. And then you get the R&B guy saying, this is, you know, this is, this is great. And then the dance guy saying, I could do some great remixes of this, you know, then 
you know, you got something. And Barry, to his credit, at that point said, okay, let's go with it. Let's do it. You know, so I was as happy as a pig in shit, as they say. That's amazing. If you're a fan of Britney Spears, check out my interviews with songwriters, producers, and more. Just go on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Scroll through and see and look for your favorite songs. What I've been able to do is honor the legacy of Britney Spears. So many critics, so many trolls worldwide have said Britney Spears didn't have talent. Britney Spears made easy pop music. But the truth of the matter is this. If it was easy to make a Britney Spears, we would have had a million different Britney Spears. If it was easy to make a song like Toxic, we would have had a million versions of Toxic, which we don't. These are icons and iconic moments. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll. Back to the show. The listeners, many of them are just going to be, their mind is blown this whole time with every single thing we've talked about with Toxic. And listeners, once again, if you haven't checked out my other interviews with Steve, check them out. And we still have a ton of Britney songs that we're going to go through. One last thing I want to ask you, Steve, is looking at Toxic, what are kind of those words you would use to describe it? Let's say I meet somebody tomorrow who's never heard it. What are some words that you would say, this kind of sums up this song? Electrifying, um, demanding, and Grammy winning. Yes, <laughs> I think yes. That's the, the first Grammy she ever won. It was only for a dance record. It was only for a like best dance record or something. But just to get the nod from the Grammys for an artist like Britney at that point was like, holy shit! You know, we done it because she'd been ignored. They just ignored her because she was like, it's a pop artist. Nobody cares about pop. You know. Mm-hmm. Except, and this the, re- except the gazillions of people who buy the records. You know, but. Exactly. Now, here's some information about the Grammy Awards. We know that Baby One More Time came out in the fall of 1998. Britney Spears would ultimately be nominated for Best New Artist in 2000. Nominated, not win. These are the other nominations that she had prior to winning Best Dance Recording in 2005 for Toxic. In 2000, she'd also be nominated for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Baby One More Time. Then in 2001, she would be nominated again for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Oops, I Did It Again. That same year, she'd be nominated for Best Pop Vocal Album for Oops, I Did It Again. Then in 2003, she would be nominated for Best Pop Vocal Album for Britney. And Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Overprotected. Then, 2005, she would win Best Dance Recording for Toxic. After that, Britney Spears would be nominated for only one more Grammy Award. That would be 2010 Best Dance Recording, Womanizer. Now, with some of these years, you may say, James, but I know the album or that song came out the year before. Well, if you recall, the Grammy nomination time period is the year before, but the Grammys happen February of the following year. So it may be the Grammys for 2000, but it's for the work that was included in 1999. Back to the show. And the thing is, it finally gave Britney that that title of Grammy winner, Britney Spears. And... I think that's something we we look at all of these awards and some people are like, do awards mean anything? They do when you are, I mean, her job being a recording artist, this is the highest honor you can get. And so when people are like, oh, it's not a thing, it's decided by this and that, but it is a big deal. It's somebody who, and we'll talk about quote unquote, the game, Britney played the game. She showed up at all of those Grammys, all of every, and even the MTV VMAs. She wasn't winning these MTV VMAs. 
Now, here's the thing that I want to point out is for the first decade that Britney Spears was making videos, and they were prominently on MTV, whether you're a Britney Spears fan or not, you knew those music videos. They were constantly being played on MTV, whether it was TRL, whether it was regular times. In addition, Britney Spears also brought eyes to MTV during those VMA performances. Well, get this. From 1999 all the way through 2008, most Britney Spears videos never received any nominations. But she received 18 nominations from the beginning through whether it was best choreography, best female video, best pop video. And she won zero. So Britney Spears would go to these MTV VMA awards, would be nominated for all sorts of awards, and would receive zero. It wasn't until 2008 that Britney Spears would win her first video music award, and that was for Peace of Me. So no VMA awards for Baby One More Time, Crazy, Oops, Stronger, Slave, Boys Are Toxic. So I want to ask you this. Do you think it's odd that Britney Spears, being such a staple on MTV for a decade, received no accolades from that platform? Let me know in my DMs. Don't forget you can join me on Patreon, theoriginaldoll.com. Back to the show. They would utilize Britney all the time and she right, would be performing. Right. She never received any VMA during this time, up, right. you know, up through then. And so I think this was a game changer for Britney. And I think the album truly was a game changer because we got different sonics, different textures, a different side of Britney. And I think it it elevated Britney to yet another level that artists like Madonna, Janet Jackson, Kylie Minogue, Shakira were at where they had that global appeal because we can't forget Toxic was a global smash. It was not just right. a dance hit in this one country. I know. This had that global appeal. I know. So if you if you could hear a smile, you can hear it right now because I'm smiling. The and and I tell you that the thing I really like now is that in all the articles about Britney, whether they're good or bad articles, is whenever they mention Britney now, they say the talk the singer of toxic Britney or the toxic mm -hmm. singer Britney or Britney of toxic fame. Toxic is the one they use. It's never baby one more time anymore. Now it's mm -hmm. like whenever they talk, especially with some of the, you know, stuff that's to do with the, you know, with all the legal stuff that's going on. And, you know, they always will say the toxic singer, Britney, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm kind of proud that that, that that song has stuck and Bloodshine Avant and Kathy Dennis should feel ultra proud too, because it's a, it was a, it was a stepping stone to the future, but it was also a milestone, I think, in kind of in mm -hmm. pop music, because I think it took that electronic dance element and mixed it with a little bit of a, a rock attitude you know and it just had a sassiness about her about it that uh that suited britney and and it doesn't sound old it, to this day it doesn't sound old see i love that everyone have no fear we have more of steve coming very very soon steve thank you so much for being here again on the original doll i truly appreciate it you're welcome. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to uh, open my big mouth again. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> One thing I wanted to clear up is there were several sites that basically said, oh, Outrageous was going to be the first single because it was going to be included on the Catwoman soundtrack. Well, here's some information on that. The filming for Catwoman didn't even begin until the fall of 2003 when Britney Spears' album was already completed. 
when the decision as to what the singles were going to be already happened. So the belief that it was going to be the lead single because of the Catwoman soundtrack was inaccurate. And for those who don't know, Britney Spears was recording the music video for Outrageous and hurt her knee. And that's a continual thing that has happened in her career. We're going to actually talk about that and the time periods Britney Spears took off in some upcoming episodes. But I hope you enjoyed the show and let your friends know about this. See you on the flip side.